in the blue f was that? Welcome everyone in to Barely Educated episode 95, the debacle in Detroit post-game. <laughs> As always, I am Mark Jansen, joined by the venerable, the esteemed, the Chicago Bear sweatshirt-wearing, notepad-using Chris Teichler. Chris, other than whatever the heck that was, how are you? Um, I'm I'm okay. I'm good. Uh, for reasons unrelated to football we uh, spent the afternoon helping my son move into his own apartment our first bird has left the nest squawk so, squawk indeed so uh it's very cool bittersweet but very cool to see it, it happen you know and then uh number this number two son number one son is going to be doing that this summer so we're going to be down two birds very nice. I spent one the afternoon going. helping kids build more Legos and things from Christmas since we're back home finally. Yes. And uh, yeah, that was fun. And then there was drama because one thing had to be taken apart and they thought that it was being broken. It was just, it was not as bad a mess as the Bears game, but it got a little <laughs> weird. But I don't hey. want to start with the Bears game okay. today. First of all, it was great to see you. Yes, it was. Two ships passing in the night, coordinating at a Chick-fil-A in Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> yes, like we planned from the beginning. Yes. Oh, of course. Perfectly drawn up. Yes, that uh, was a lot of so, fun. So the Bears present, i.e. today, was trash. And we'll get to it. I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly not going to gloss over what we got there. Yeah. But I want to start by catching up. On the Bears' past. Okay. Because, my friend, we owe the dear listener, I believe, three Bears oh, jersey you are right. greatest players. Mm, so, okay. I know we did 92, right? Who yeah. you, I think we need to do 93, 94, and 95. Yes, I believe that's correct. And this is my way of trying to talk about the Bears without being ticked off to start the pod. <laughs> okay, sounds good. So... Who you got for Bears greats number ninety three? Ninety three. Uh, was he ninety three? He sure was. And the run continues, everyone. Honorable mention. Uh, gonna, okay. You yeah. are crushing the honorable mentions. I just gotta say. <laughs> I know this again. This is fast. coming from our friends at Whitney City Gridiron from mm -hmm. like ten years ago. So keep that in mind. But still, still, there's, there's not been a better ninety three. I don't think. <laughs> Trace Armstrong is their pick. Oh, Trace Armstrong. Okay. I totally forgot what Both of these guys played DN. Of course, the number is going to dictate a lot of that. But they both had five-year runs. Uh, Armstrong never made the Pro Bowl, but had 42 sacks, which they note is good for fifth in team history. Wow. And had two seasons with at least 10. He's also a force of an agent now, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And one of the people always linked to the president opening, which there was news about that this week. That there I was we talk about at some point. I feel like we could just do that after the season, though, because yeah. yeah. let's wait till there's a hire or a finalist or two. Um, so that's Trace Armstrong. Agunlia is the honorable mention. And I want to see what you think of this statement of theirs. 
Wally never quite lived up to the billing he received when the Bears traded him following his 15-sack season with Miami, but was more than serviceable during his time in Chicago. Um, I understand to a point the fact that he did not have those big sack numbers, but I mean, he was... 10 a... sacks in 05 was his peak. Okay. I mean, that's, pretty, that's good, but he was a solid all-around defensive end. He was good against the run, too. He wasn't just... A pass rusher, yeah. and uh, he was a starter on that Super Bowl team. So uh, tied with Armstrong for fifth in Bears history with forty-two sacks as well. Okay. Um. Also, you, they traded so, him. I think I would give that to a Goodley because he played on a Super Bowl team at least. I yeah. think that's basically a tie those two, and I would go with your initial pick. Maybe Armstrong got it because he was he played when the Bears were still consistently good for a few years. You know, under Ditka. He's so, kind of that transition, right? Yeah. After the 85 guys are all kind of done. Right. Yep. He's probably the best player on that defense, too, for a couple of those years. Yeah. Yeah. Tough call. That's a solid number for the Bears mm-hmm. in general. And, you know, the other thing that jumps out there is two of your best in franchise history at a position that's obviously a number that's going to go to DNs. DN shelf life is not great. Mm-hmm. Five years each. Like, Guys that play 10, 12 years at that position are usually awfully good. Yeah, and rare. Very rare. Yeah. All right. Who's your pick for number 94? Okay. Two come to mind. Most recently is Leonard Floyd. It won't be him, but uh, Keith Trailer. Because he's not in the website. Oh, true. Keith Trailer, Keith folks. Trailer. The run continues. I love is this. Is the honorable bit, mention? Always do the honorable <laughs> mention. Yes. Yes. Impressive. Well, I picture him they running also... the Running down the field on that Mark Brunel pick at the end of the 01 season. You know, that classic pick. Yeah, and they link you to the video of his. <laughs> he is rumbling. Uh, Dick oh, it's he good. You got to watch it if yeah. you haven't, everyone. <laughs> they say they couldn't pick him as the full-on winner because yeah. he only played three seasons with the Bears, and he played for six teams. This is a tough one because – I think when you consider that Floyd got to the end of his rookie deal, if you did this now, like if they had this write-up again 10 years later, he might be the pick. Because mm. they went with Brendan Ian Badejo, mm. who's only a bear for 05 to 07. So it's like, well, you just said you couldn't do a guy with three seats. Right. It's like, yeah, that's uh, it's a weak number. And I think it actually would be Leonard Floyd. And he was a special teamer mostly, wasn't he? Yeah, he forced fumbles, recovered five, they mentioned. I mean, mm. when in doubt, pick the guy that actually starts. Like it's it's either Floyd or Trailer. So I, I love these guys for doing this, but I can't get behind the logic that they've got for this one. Yeah. Maybe. I think it would be but to be fair, they can't of course pick Leonard Floyd based on when they wrote it. I think it really is Leonard Floyd. Mm. So that's a depressing number. What is this? A wide receiver? <laughs> Bears. All right. Last one, number ninety-five. Well, that might now friend. this one is going to ruin the streak because there's absolutely no honorable mention, and it's one super obvious. All right, I, I fact, so is ninety-six. I would we'll like wait to, on that. I would like to get the honorable mention after I say the second man, my friend. Richard Dent, Hall of yeah, Famer. Yeah, super easy. There, there is no honorable mention. Oh, there is. It's oh. not worth it. Hmm. Apparently. Okay. I was gonna say. Uh, In fact. Well. Yeah. I was gonna say Jim Flanagan. Is Maybe there not he was a, 99. 
Maybe he was Hampton's number. I don't think he was 95, was he? Maybe Flanagan was Anyway, Richard Dent's an obvious choice, yes. right? Yes, yes. I mean, it's got to be as easy a one as anything on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe the best... So, what can... Let's, let's, let's quiz you on something more interesting, then, because this was too easy. Okay. Yeah, Flanagan's 99. Oh, uh, okay, so I had that... Mixed All up. right, so let's see. What's fair? Uh, How many years with the Bears? Maybe... Uh, drafted in how the... many sacks? It's over a hundred. I remember that. Yeah, he like is really darn good. Or something. I actually think nationally he's a little underrated. Looking at the stats now, like dang. Yeah, being on the eighty-five. He is now Bears... a Hall of Famer, though. He's been a Hall of Famer for ten years or whatever. Being on the eighty-five Bears may have hurt his. Uh, uh, you think he would have been more productive if say... he had to? Yeah. Like, you know, the NBA thing where it's like volume shooter scores a lot, but the team sucks. And you're like, is he really that good? Somebody just got to mm-hmm. score. It's like the opposite for Dent. Whereas if like the teammates weren't so good, he would have gotten a few more sacks probably because yeah. he would have cleaned up a, you know, coverage sacks or something. He was, the, um, uh, but he's super, an easy choice. Super Bowl 20 MVP. Not often defensive players are the Super Bowl MVP, and he just had a monster postseason in 85. Absolute Did. beast on that uh, championship team. So, yeah. So, I'm going to read the whole write up because this okay. is fun. The newest Bears member of the Hall of Fame, so yeah, 10 years ago, it was a slam dunk, and his story is pretty incredible on its own. And here's a piece of the trivia I did not know he had a severe dental problem that made it hard for him to eat. So after the Bears drafted him, they sent him to a dentist, and then he bulked up. <laughs> Wild. I, did you know that? I, I knew the dentist thing. I thought it was just because he had bad teeth that they took care of his uh, teeth for. I didn't yeah, know well, it was actually related it was, to him it was not a, eating. To make sure he could be pain-free enough to eat more to weigh the right amount is pretty hilarious. That's okay, crazy. continuing. He is the franchise leader in sacks with 124.5. Oh. And get this, he also had eight interceptions. Hmm. Wow. 34 forced fumbles. Man, forced fumbles per sack. I mean, I don't know all of them are on sacks, but that gum, he was good at getting the ball out. Mm-hmm. And he recovered 13 fumbles. That is a seriously productive defensive end. Yeah. Four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, first team, 85. Yeah, of course, you mentioned the Super Bowl MVP. And 17 and a half sacks that year. An all-time great NFL player, period, who maybe doesn't get the attention he should nationally. Does it say what round he was drafted in there? No, but a, I can probably look it up. It was a late the magic. round. Yeah, I'll I'll talk while well, you're looking it up. Internet. But that's that's an important thing that could transition to what the Bears need to do this coming year is you need to find studs all throughout the draft. Not just first round, second round, but they're there in the fifth, sixth, or in Dent's case, the uh, the eighth, the eighth round. There isn't even an eighth round anymore. Two hundred and third. So find you a defensive end who just needs a little help with his teeth to be able to eat all that protein, and you get yourself a player. Of Richard Dent. The sack man's coming. I mean, man, Dent is a quarterback, so he's gonna get Dent. Oh, we've got a toddler appearing on the. Oh pod. no! Oh no! It's, it's my daughter Reagan has has burst through the porous offensive line this... and is now putting <laughs> pressure on the podcast. She has bears thoughts. 
Daughter Reagan. All right. <laughs> Daughter Reagan. Daughter Reagan. She has hot takes for the bears. Hey. Okay, well, go tell mommy because daddy's busy. I'm doing my podcast, okay? <laughs> we can fix the Lego set, I'm sure. Sign her up. That was a more productive pass rush than anything we've seen in wow. the last eight weeks. Wow. Actually, they, the defensive line finally did something today. Bravo. All Ooh. right. Well, with that happy segue, I'm afraid we can put it off no longer. Whew. Okay. What did we just watch? Uh, let me ask you this. And I wrote it. The first thing I wrote on my, my Bears notepad. He's got three pages here. of notes, folks. I do. On the Bears notepad. My first question. Did the Bears quit today? Did we see it? Did we see I hate using team? that word in any sort of right. full capacity. Were they giving max effort is maybe a better mm. way to try to look at it. That's more fair, Were probably. Enough of them giving max effort mm. for you to say it was a good effort day. I'd say not a chance. And unfortunately, I saw that not maximum effort from Ryan Pohl's first two draft picks today. Who had awful times. games, awful games. Brisker's worst game that I Brisker's can... worst game, easy. Yeah, and Gordon um, seemed like he was always uh, trying to catch up to a guy or tackling him in the end zone <laughs> before the ball. Yeah, and let me just say this before we get too much further. Okay, I don't care that they lost. I want them to right. lose because I want the higher pick, and I know people hate that, but it's just better in the long run. I don't even care that they got blown out per se because mm-hmm. they've been due. There's a lot that I do care about that relates to being blown out a little bit, I suppose. But the bottom line is the outcome is not important here. How they played is and the thinking that that went into the coaching decisions, those things are important. And I think on the interception, uh, Chris, I don't think I've ever seen lazier route running. You texted me that. Those guys were not moving faster than my mom. It was crazy. It was <laughs> brutal. I was like, why are we jogging our routes, guys? What is this play call? Are we like trying to set up for a lateral after a catch? It, it was really awkward looking. And then it's an interception. And I don't know what Justin was thinking either. That was never there. Yeah, I don't care. It was the last play of the half. That gives fuel. Yeah, to well, I, I don't care about the result, but I care about the process going in there. Yeah, and maybe. I care about the effort. If you're going to hire the effort coach, we've said this all year, we were at least glad that he was getting good effort. Now I wonder if the players are done with it and they all know what this is now. Mm. This game felt different on that level. Right. That, yeah. That was why I, the quit question popped into my mind because it was definitely different and slower and lethargic. And, eh. and you know what? The Lions are pretty good now. They really are. Yeah. I've been making that drum for a little while. I got some thoughts. I on, thought we on might have a shootout. Too, but... I knew the Lions would score. I mean, the Bears can't stop. Yeah, the you know Metamora Redbirds, right? Like <laughs> they can't defend anybody. <laughs> Metamora Redbirds, Tabor College, no um... Blue Jays. Yeah, so if the Tabor College played the Bears and they scored, would you have to fire up the band? Could you do that? <laughs> yes. Would you just dissolve into a puddle of? existential crisis mm-hmm. it'd be rough it would be tough for you I right? know what yeah to so do. i knew yeah. the lions would score mm-hmm. i knew they'd score i thought the offense would play better even with the patchwork line and all the issues they have there's no excusing the way that that offense played 
There's no excusing the game plan. Yeah, a couple thoughts there. Um, You need five new starters on the offensive line next year. Unless Braxton Jones bulks up enough to handle the bull rush, he's not a starter for a winner. I don't know. He he got just pushed around. It's the bull rush. He cannot handle a bull rush. Yeah, Yeah. that's a a big defensive end who can do it. Eats him for breakfast. So what would you do? Lunch since it's noon. What would you do if you're the depends on what all I can get. Oh, okay. I thought you meant if we were the Bears off season. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna keep lining my bull rush guy up against him. Exactly. And you like, saw their plan. They put Hutchison on the outside. He's mm-hmm. a very savvy rookie. He doesn't he fall is. for fakes. He's great sure. at the thing that drives me nuts about the Bears D line, which is doing his job and fitting the run, <laughs> setting the edge. He does exactly what you're taught to do. How dare coach he coach that position? That's the one thing I'm actually meaningfully qualified to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he kept setting the edge, and then Justin's like, "No, he's supposed to fall for." St- oh, he's right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I love Justin. We all know this is a what is former student Tim. Former student. Oh, he's there. It is. I caught a mid cough. Uh, former student Tim called us the Justin Fields fangirl pod. <laughs> Fine. Accurate. I'll wear it. Justin's worst it. game. Justin's worst game, I think, since maybe the Texans game. Yeah. But again, I mean The interception was a terrible throw. It doesn't really matter into the half. The fumble was all him. That was awful. He's got to do better with that. Too many fumbles in general. You well, know, he was caught. But from I don't behind. care. He's working with nothing. Yeah. Exactly. He was caught I'm just from behind. Like, if yeah. you watch them, two offensive linemen stopped. On that play, when uh, I forget who the Lions defended. Oh, it's was. dreadful effort. When he, yeah, when he runs back towards field, so that that didn't bother me as much. But uh, gosh, what's he supposed to do? And Pettis is dropping. Oh, first I'm not down saying that, that this was and... his fault. I'm just noting it was his worst game in some time, okay, which yeah. makes the Bears utterly unwatchable. I mean, statistically, that's an absolute fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean the. The passing game is just dreadful. Dan Weeder is going to have a field day with it. But in this particular case, it was dreadful. And I know talent is the big reason. Mm-hmm. But I we have got to figure out this coaching thing. That's my biggest concern. Most mm-hmm. of these players aren't going to be on the team when they're good in a year or two. Yep. But supposedly the coaches are. And I thought they had another game where they absolutely stunk. Or as my dear grandma said once, and you can ask all the various cousins who listen, just give them a group shout out. Various listening cousins. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she never, ever, ever used colorful language. We were playing double nines one time, the domino game. Yeah, you know I'm talking about. I do not, but okay. She got a terrible hand, and she just blurts out, I'm really sucking the rear tit on this one. <laughs> Whoa, grandma. What? <laughs> grandma. Anyway, that's how the coaching was reference. today. Yeah. yeah it's, it's an Iowa farm girl reference mm, or something. Okay. But the coaching was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to admit, you were right last week on our last show. You did not want Fields to play. You thought there was nothing to be gained. And I was like, no, you need I was wrong. You were right. There it is. Listeners, you suck, Chris. Listen to Mark. I couldn't even ask you. Oh, sorry. I'm gonna do it. You still think these reps matter, Chris? No, not if they're like this. You don't have to take your lumps like that. It's okay. Um, I mean, no one could 
expect it to be that ugly, really. I mean, we knew they were bad. Yeah, I don't know. But the point I want to make is is that the coaching on two levels was really frustrating. One is conceptual game plan kind of level. Like, what are we doing? Where's the ro- like? Where's the stuff that works? Yeah. Oh, Fields is banged up, so we're not doing the boots and all that stuff that much. Or the Bills figured it out, or whatever. Okay, so if he's banged up is the reason, then don't play him. <laughs> and if you're worried that a team's figured it out, so then the rest of the league will figure it out, why don't you wait till the next team that you play actually stops it then? Next to no play action, no boots, no moving pockets. It was all dropped to a certain step that's the same spot on every pass play. I don't know if that's Scheme or Justin, but it was too easy for the ends to hit their point. Mm. He still really struggles to step up in the pocket the few chances he has, which it's because it's conditioned to expect it yeah, to not be there. Yeah, right, right. He looked shell-shocked again for the first time yep. in a long time, and that just reinforces my point from last time that these reps are just as bad, likely to enforce, reinforce, whatever, bad habits as opposed to be good, meaningful reps that help in his development. Yep. You're right. You're right. Furthermore... And another thing, um, no, I'm kidding around, but I'm trying not to be mad. It's so hard not to be mad rethinking be this mad. stuff. Be mad. But listener, what is he I supposed to, to be proving and to whom? Stuff. That's true. I was like, I don't want to talk about this game. Uh-huh. Who's he proving <laughs> and what's he proving it to? I mean, to whom is he proving and what things? The GM? Yeah, I, I... I hope not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Matt Eberflus after the game doubled down on it. It was like these reps are important for his development. Mm-hmm. Why? Yep, and that he's going to play next week, so, so he can show everyone how bad it can be with a bunch of crap around him. <laughs> Is he auditioning for next year? Because that's going to look real bad if you draft somebody. That's off the table after everything else we've seen. So again, who is he out there trying to develop for right now? It's stupid. It is. There's no excusing it as anything but stupid football coachy speak to the absolute fault, the maximum fault. Oh, every rep matters. Now we're football players and we play football and football, 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 football. You're going to get him hurt. So why You're going to they... get him David Card where he has oh, shell shock oh, every time he drops gosh. back. Oh, Stop oh. being stupid with the only asset you have on the roster. So what could they be thinking he gets out of it? Or is it just a generic he can get, he well, can learn from everything? I think it's generic. And I even Justin's like, "No, I want to play. I want to work hard. We're all working hard. These of guys are busting their tails for me." He's, he's they're all saying the right stuff for the footbally football stuff. And I thank you Justin for your competitive spirit and for being smart enough not to give everybody the ammo that you're like, "Yeah, I don't know what I was doing out there." Obviously, he can't say that. <laughs> but this is where an adult in the room needs to step in and say, guys, it's 38 to 10. It's the fourth quarter. He's done today. Yeah. Just forget whether he should have started. Fine. They're just not capable of being like, hey, he's he's banged up. We're going to arrest him. What's he doing in when the game is out of hand and he's taken 800 hits? Yep. We could go back and forth on whether he should be playing for reps and fine. I'm willing to acknowledge that there could be something there. I generally disagree. 
I don't see how you can be in your right mind and in the fourth quarter of that game think he should still be out there at that point. Yeah, it was what, 31 to 10? Maybe they're expecting him to do some magic of some. I don't know. I don't know. But not with that line in front of him. And not with the Even receivers. if they're like, oh, yeah, do some magic. So what? <laughs> You're still going to lose. I mean, that's what we want. But I, there's really no way to justify him playing at the end of that game when it's a blowout and he's taken the kind of beating he's taken. Yep. If it's like a blowout and he's basically been clean, which is almost impossible to even conceive of because he'd be scoring you enough points that it's not a blowout. Right. But if it's like, ah, oh, he would just keep dropping everything, but at least he's only taken like two hits. You might be able to justify it. It'd be a really weird thing to even imagine, but come on. I'm just sitting there watching like this is torture. Cause the only thing that can happen, only things that can happen here are bad things. Every play, every pass play, he was pressured every single one. Yep. And if, if I'm going too far, fine. But I think if, as a coaching staff, you can't see that. And as decision makers, you can't see that. I'm seriously starting to question if you are intelligent enough to do this job at the highest level. Because this is not a hard thing to get right when he's hit that many times and it's a blowout. Not not necessarily the shut him down for the year thing. I'll just pretend that's impossible and done. What's he doing out there in the fourth quarter? And are these guys that dumb? That's the first thing I thought of as the game ended. I'm like, are these coaches idiots? Did we do it again? That's a scary thought. I don't think Here's so. A... Maybe maybe they don't want to send the message of, okay, Nathan Peterman's in. We're giving up. Maybe. I then, don't know. then they're stupid. Then they're selfishly devoted to their sacred dumb principle to the detriment of the franchise's future, and the GM should step in. If they're that devoted to hits that they're willing to risk his health in a meaningless situation where he's taking a beating, then I hate everything the hits philosophy supposedly does for you. And Dan Bernstein was right to freak out about it in the summer. <laughs> Maybe. You know. Look, Alex Brown was ticked off that he was still in. You think Alex wow. Brown's a tough guy? I think so. Corey Wooten was upset that they didn't pull him from the game. Another defensive lineman. That's the only two players I that I saw the clips of. But we're two for two with former players who were on the other side of the ball in the trenches saying this was reckless. Jared um, Payton. Somebody, I think it was Corey Wooten who said it was coaching malpractice or something oh, wow. like that. And I sent you the tweet. You're referencing it. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I was say, Jared Payton's another one, and he's – you know, the son of maybe the toughest football player ever. Best Mid bear ever. Best bear ever. Might yep. as well work for the Bears PR as, as much good work <laughs> as he does for the brand. Yep. He's fun, he's fantastic on Twitter. Um, I like I'm very fond of him. I think he's done a nice Great. job of, of being a famous guy's son without you know having it be a kind of neurotic thing like it sometimes can be a really hard thing for people yeah and even he's like what are we doing here like that's I, pretty telling but like I, ne what's next larry meyer questioning it <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing here tom why is justin still out there tom that would be amazing yeah it would be great uh, that's what, i want that next week no actually i don't want them to need to do that but it, my point is i'm not the only one saying this people who know a lot right. more about football who know a lot more about whatever football culture and toughness is and all the coachy stuff they're like guys what are we doing we clearly passed the line uh 
into from from sensible locker room culture stuff to this is really stupid and reckless, and now you're going to lose them the opposite direction if you don't knock it off. According to former players who also love the Bears. Even one of our uh, punching bags commented on it. David Haw tweeted about it. Did he? He did. Oh, do yeah. tell. I I would love to say I agree with you, Mr. Haw. I don't get to do that Yeah, much. that doesn't happen very often, does it? So, yeah, he said, uh, let's see here. Uh, this effort from the Bears is embarrassing, and after giving up 31 unanswered points, they have checked out offensively. That's in quotes. Oh, as Fox's Jonathan Vilma said correctly. And then he says, no reason for Justin Fields to play the fourth quarter. Not behind this offensive line on this day. Nothing to be gained there. Yes, that's the context, that I'm always harping on context. And then yeah. you can broaden it out to the season, in my opinion. But for now, let's just think about that fourth quarter. And I'm ticked because this is what you get when you hire Coachy McCoacherson to coach your second-year quarterback, and he's not capable of thinking beyond when every rep, blah, 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 and you're talking about grown men. Okay, that might be great for your high school football team, win every rep and all the you know baby grade school stuff that you do. These guys are professionals. Justin Fields is potentially worth hundreds of millions of dollars to the Bears in his next deal. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is too valuable to be this reckless with. And yeah. I'm saying right now, I don't think this will happen. But if Ryan Poles gets up there at the end of the year and says, we're making a coaching change because we don't like the way Matt Rubiflus played this, I will understand it. I am 100% not saying it's happening. I'm not necessarily even advocating for it, but I'm saying it was that reckless that it would be justified. It was mm-hmm. that stupid. It just well, was. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And he if... admitted there were in-game discussions about taking him out. Yes, and said they I the experience saw it. was worth keeping him in. Yeah, I saw that. It'll How about you go take a snap on a passing down behind that line, Matt? <laughs> Maybe you should experience it. There's some valuable experience. Gosh, it ticks me off. Yeah. Maybe something will change. Maybe polls will call him into the office and say, uh, you know, Matt, we got to talk. Maybe. Or maybe he's hands off. I don't know. We'll learn something about that this week. So here's my other question for you. And it came down really hard on that, obviously, for good reason. Um, What... There's no answer. What did Ryan Poles think of all this? And what did George think of all this? Yeah, I don't know. That's very important questions. We've talked about whether Poles hired Eberflus. You know, the timing was kind of looked like a package deal, a la Pace, John Fox, right? Like you kind of wondered if the GM's really all in on this. He didn't even interview anyone else. You know what I mean? Like Dan Quinn was still a finalist. Just some major questions there. And I think that's the most important thing coming out of this game is what do the rest of the people at the top of this organization think about the decision to play Justin Fields in the fourth quarter? And can Matt Eberflus learn and be smarter moving forward, or is he too devoted to his stupid system? Because if he is, that's just Matt Nagy with a different outfit on. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different color clown makeup. <laughs> Cousin Nate put it this way. Cousin Nate, thanks for listening. It's like, based on all the stuff you've been talking about in my texts, when I was like, dude, I'm, I'm just like, like you're going to lose. This is what I was telling him. You're going to get blown out. I don't care about any of that. I care about the decision-making and the ability to be intelligent, right? As many sacks as completions, stuff like that. And they play him in the fourth. <laughs> yeah. He says, I do think it's time for the GM to step in, but I have no faith that he actually will. This is no different than the GM having to DFA a bum so the manager can no longer trot the guy out there. 
Only Fields, of course, not a bum, but the idea being like the coach is so coachy and the player is so tough and committed to leading his team that at some point somebody above both of them has to be like, hey, that's enough. And I I know he's not going to do it mid-game, so they'd have to put him on the IR just to be like, yeah, forget it. Oh, by the way, Justin's effort was a little weird today, too. I think he's hurt. Yes, I do, too. So I don't mean effort. I mean, like, he was a tick slow. He had one play where he went to cut, and it didn't really work like it normally does. It was after the big long, the 60 And then after the run. big run, he yep. looked really, like, gassed more than normal. Yep, agreed. I wouldn't be surprised to find there's some other tweaked thing in there somewhere. So I don't mean effort like he's not trying. I mean, yeah. he didn't look himself. Stuff didn't look so right. Effort's didn't not the right, right word. Um, stuff didn't look right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. think about that as well. I, am I being too hard on him? No. Coaches? No. Oh, no. Coaches, no. I thought you meant fields. No, <laughs> them. Sorry. I might have said him. That's all right. You said um, and I just heard um. Am I too hard on um? Yeah, you're right. I I went very colloquial with that. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. All right. What else is on your notepad there? All right. Let's see here. Uh, Is Claypool bad? That's one thing I wrote. Uh... One target. Didn't catch it. The ball was where it needed to be. Got mad on the sideline at one point. And Fields. Uh, Handled that very well. Fields addressed that. that. Yes. Uh, I was uh, proud of my quarterback. Yeah, a um, lot of lot of leadershipy stuff in the quote. I don't think we need yeah, to read it, but it yeah. was really good that he did it. It well, yes, and right after that, he defended Claypool as uh, well. As mm-hmm. well, yeah, which I thought was wonderful leadership from. But you know, I, I'm starting to wonder about Claypool and the playbook and like the coaching there too. Like, why is this taking so long? Yeah, remember Trent Dilfer said it would take him like a day or two to learn. The yeah. Playbook? It's like I'm starting to think the coaches are too slavishly committed to certain principles during the week that we saw with Jenkins and the Wednesday practice thing. Like, well, you know, Claypool's not perfect on this, but but Pettis is. How many drops does Pettis have to have, guys? I know. know. Like it's it's starting to again look like a lot of former Bears coaching regimes where they're just so slow to implement the better athlete. Nikhil Harry should be getting more targets while we're at it. Nice grab and a nice throw by Fields. Yep. And it's just like Mm-hmm. But no, we we keep trotting out the guy that's been there from the start, who's like half the athlete. Right. So wh- why why is if are they just not good at teaching it to Claypool too? Mm. I don't want to say anyone's dumb. I don't want to say every, that they're bad at like all their aspects of their job. I'm just saying they put a lot of stuff out there that you can question today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my draft philosophy was solidified today. That you buy defense and draft offense. Well, especially if and you can trade down because the best players are on defense in this draft. They're going to trade down. And uh, along those lines. QBs looked good yesterday. They did. And I think I mean, you it could. Hopefully they look good in their underwear. <laughs> what? Well, How does he I'm mean gonna, that? <laughs> I'm going to clip that. That's right. Um, <laughs> Detroit, yeah, yeah. I think you could trade like, with Detroit, but I don't think they're going to pick a quarterback. No, Shouldn't I think Gossman better than a bridge QB? I th- agreed, and I think you can trade up for them to try to grab Will Anderson because put him on the line with Hutchinson, then they got something going. Scary, scary good. Yeah, so, or do you draft We're on the draft? Obviously, in future yeah. weeks. Yeah. Okay, I won't get too far into that. But yeah, yeah. and there's there's a lot of and it's not from people that matter, but it just bothers me that there's all of a sudden see Fields is a bust and Poles is going to draft a quarterback. Because it's going to be his guy. I know. Every time he has a bad game, 
Every time. Even well, Danny Parkins. I pick. A two Danny Parkins. That was that. I love Parkins, but what was that? I don't know. Don't choose chaos. Yep. Don't even make that question in that poll. Yeah. yeah. Have you lost your mind? I put that I'd be angry. <laughs> That's um, I voted I did one. too. Yep. Mm-hmm. If right. he's going to well, reference it on the show, I wanted to cast my vote for sanity. The uh, next week, it's going to be interesting to see the Vikings have something to play for. Uh, actually, they got the their doors blown off today. Maybe they are out of the number one <laughs> possibility. Mm, so here's but, the scenario for okay. them. Niners are now tied with them. Whew. They can't possibly want to have to go both at San Fran and at Philly. Right. So they should have a reason to play. Yep. And then in the other side of the division, the, the winner of the Packers-Lions game goes to the playoffs. Crazy. Come on, Detroit. Because Washington and our old pal Ron Rivera, for some reason, started Carson Wentz over Heineke, who's limited, but at least not a turnover disaster. And not bad, yeah. Yeah, it's just a crazy decision. But they're going to need a quarterback. So more on that. Man, that that roster could be really good with the QB, I feel like. Like, it's all there, except for that. Yeah, they're going to lose one of their defensive defensive linemen to the beloved on the offseason, though, I think. Take us out of here. Try to... Give the good people something of good cheer. Fans, it's almost over. (laughs) (laughs) We are barely educated. Thank you for listening to our post-game thoughts. Uh, We'll be back later this week to look at week 18, the final game of the season. Find us on Twitter at barely underscore educated and our website, buymeacoffee.com slash barely underscore educated. Join our honor roll for three bucks a month and we'll send you a t-shirt Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. The Bears. You owe me an apology. Hopefully they look good in their underwear. Impressive. Will you shut up, man? I f***ing love the Bears.